Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. All right, we will start. Hello, welcome to another episode of Classes. We are doing the rogue uh, subclasses of Xanathar's Guide uh, and Tasha's Guide. Um, There's a lot in in rogues, as you saw in the Player's Handbook episode. Uh, And we will try to get through these as fast as possible uh, with giving you guys the information. Uh, I will apologize ahead of time if you hear hammering or screws or buzz saws or somebody falling off a ladder. Uh, I'm getting a new AC unit uh, put in in my attic. Uh, so that'll be interesting to play with. <laughs> um, do what you got to do. Exactly. Anything for the podcast. Anything. <laughs> uh, including and not limited to sitting in a 100 degree office. And don't, well, don't mind the bodies. Don't mind the bodies. You know, yeah. It only They're, stinks for a few days. That's right. Um, Lie helps. So, exactly so let's why don't we go through tasha's first because there's only two subclasses of tasha's so it's a little quicker to get through you monster i am a monster but the first thing that we'll we'll look at is if for listeners if you don't know in tasha's cauldron of everything uh book by watsi not trademarked by us um at all at all no yeah it's all wizards of the coast uh they they added some optional class features uh, for rogues, not many, but uh, in fact, one. Uh, but as an optional class feature, you can have uh, steady aim at third level. Uh, as a bonus action, you give yourself advantage on your next attack roll on the current turn. You can use this bonus action only if you haven't moved during this turn. And after you use the bonus action, your speed is zero until the end of the current turn. So that's, I don't it's kind of interesting. It's, it's actually useful. if if you have an assassin that likes the far shot, the bows, yeah, the crossbows, exactly. it's very very handy. It's almost you need that. Mm-hmm. You need it. But if it's if you're um, what I usually tend to be if I do rogues with sword wielders, uh, which I prefer, mm-hmm. it's not really that the, important. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to help a whole lot. I mean, come on, let's be honest. But it yeah. is a kind of cool thing. I like the steady aim. I do like it. Of course, I like everything about rogues because they're the best. If you Robbie wizards suck. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I guess if you were like, I'm I'm a dagger kind of person, like dagger and rapiers for rogues. Exactly. So if you're going to do, if you're going to use steady aim, you're throwing a dagger and you can RP it to where it's a really cool, like, you know, Robin Hood-esque, like, dagger to dagger or whatever kind of i'm thinking more like the wanted shit. movie where it like curves around somebody <laughs> just, you know, just whip it around yeah just whip the it whole around library somebody. the whole yeah. library yeah there you go <laughs> um yeah absolutely if i'm if i'm not 20 i'm gonna do like a homicide suicide with a dagger just through through 19 bodies and then it's gonna get to me <laughs> and then i'll duck uh because you know fuck that <laughs> uh anywho um so there's there's two uh, subclasses, as I said, the Phantom and the Soul Knife, uh, rogue roguish archetypes. So cool. 
Like <laughs> Phantom of the Soul Knight from Tasha's are really cool. Only because I really liked the original, the original Phantom um Unearthed Arcana. So mm-hmm. when they were when they were playtesting it, um, it played a lot differently than the Phantom they have now, but it was super cool, it was super cool rogue type. Yeah. Um uh I remember I when I so when I tried using it, I was like, this is extremely awesome. Um, because Phantom is such a cool concept. Yeah. Um, so really quick, we'll just read uh Tasha's little little note. Um collecting the souls of your defeated foes in everyday objects. What a good idea. Though I'd probably need an encyclopedia to hold all uh, all my anti-admirers. Um <laughs> This is, I don't know, this is an interesting concept. Uh, so I'll just really quickly read uh, the um, uh, the third level features. And then, uh, Robbie, if you want to take the ninth level, uh, and then Thor, sure. we can, you can do the uh, 13th Ghost Walk. Uh, I refuse. So, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Your noted. Yeah. Uh, so third level, Whispers of the Dead. Uh, echoes of those who have died cling to you. Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can choose one skill or tool proficiency that you lack and gain it as a ghostly presence shares its knowledge with you. You lose this proficiency when you use this feature again to choose a different proficiency that you lack. So this is that that's cool. (laughs) That's so useful. You know, if you're if you know that you're going to be doing something that needs like, let's say you need a disguise kit, but you don't have a proficiency in disguise kit. Well, now you do. Take a short rest. Now you do. Uh, just uh, talk to your dead enemy slash friends. Frenemies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's I mean that's self-explanatory. That one's very uh, RP useful. And if you need some tools and stuff, that can give you some decent proficiencies. Um, and it allows you to, to do skills as well. So if, if you know that you're uh gonna go up against say a mind flare then perhaps if you don't have proficiency in wisdom saving throws you might want to just a thought um but moving on uh whales from the grave another third level uh as you nudge someone closer to the grave you can channel the power of death and harm uh and to harm someone else as well Immediately after you deal your sneak attack damage to a creature on your turn, you can target a second creature that you can see within 30 feet of the first. Roll half the number of sneak attack dice for your level rounded up, and the second creature takes necrotic damage equal to the roll's total, as wails of the dead sound around them for a moment. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and regain all expended uses when finish a long rest. That's just, likey. Yeah, that's dirty. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you know, if you want a um a one point five uh, sneak attack, there you go. That's it right there. I like. Yeah. Um, I'm actually I actually really like this um this next ability because it makes for some very interesting role play as well. Um, it's a it's definitely the the one the ability that's geared more towards role play, so I really like it. Um, when a life ends in your presence, you're able to snatch a token from the parting soul. A sliver of its life essence that takes physical form. As a reaction, when a creature you can see dies within 30 feet of you, you can open your free hand and cause a tiny trinket to appear there, a soul trinket. The DM determines the trinket's form or has you roll on the trinket table in the player's handbook to generate it. This is called Tokens of the Departed, by the way. 
Um, you can have a maximum number of soul trinkets equal to your proficiency bonus, and you can create one while at your maximum. You can use soul trinkets in the following ways. While a soul trinket is on your person, you have advantage on death saving throws and constitution saving throws for your vitality is enhanced by the life essence within the object. When you deal sneak attack damage to you on your turn, you can destroy one of your soul trinkets that's on your person and then immediately use wells from the grave without expending a use of that feature. As an action, you can destroy one of your soul trinkets no matter where it's located. When you do so, you can ask the spirit associated with the trinket one question. The spirit appears to you and answers in a language it knew in its life. And it's under no obligation to be truthful and it answers as concisely as possible, eager to be free. The spirit knows only what it knew in life as determined by the DM. So it's like super versatile. Um, you can, it's definitely got that, um, got that really cool edge where you, where if someone dies in front of you, you can trap their soul in a trinket, which mm -hmm. I can only imagine is screaming the whole time um, because you've trapped their soul in a trinket. And you're essentially feeding off people's souls. Pretty cool. <laughs> You can use it to, to save yourself. You can use it to deal extra damage. And then on top of that, whenever um, whenever you need the soul to answer a question for you, um, that uh, offers your DM to kind of flex their, um, flex their uh, story weaving abilities to come up with like the personality of the soul and how it acts when it's free and all that stuff. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about this ability. It seems to me like it's almost a borderline OP thing, man. It, I mean, it's really good. Yeah. I think the only balance is the fact that, like, as far as the information goes, you know, it, it has yeah. that caveat that, you know, I don't have to tell the truth. I'll just answer your question. Um, yeah, well, you got to be nice to it because, I mean, if you want an answer from the spirit, uh, there's, it just, it's like you killed me. I can tell you that that door definitely goes to where you need it to and it's like a mimic or something yeah <laughs> or that door is absolutely not trapped you do not need to look at it do not worry about it <laughs> in fact there's not a purple worm behind it just you know hey <laughs> you're good yeah there's butterflies sunshine and rainbows but is i i like i like the phantom uh before we get into the 13th and 17th it it is it's the edge lordy of edge lords to me uh, without being a bad edgelord, I guess. <laughs> it's like, it's a very dark rogue. Is I mean, there you, such a thing? Hey, you could be a good edgelord. Um, the whole <laughs> thing is the, is the lore behind the, the concept of the Phantom. Like, mm -hmm. so below where that, that quote from Tasha was, um, how it talks about um, like the rogue's connection with death, which has always been the thing. So everyone... Well, I, like and I was I was literally just going to read that because we kind of skipped it, yeah. and and you kind of don't know where the phantom comes from without it, and it just it basically just says many rogues walk the fine line between life and death, risking their own lives and taking the lives of others while adventuring on that line. Some rogues discover a mystical connection to death itself. These rogues take knowledge from the dead and become immersed in negative energy, eventually becoming like ghosts. The guilds value them as highly effective information gatherers and spies. But what I really like about the whole thing, and I'm, I'm going to skip a whole paragraph because it, I mean, it's okay. Uh, but how did you discover this grim power? Did you sleep in a graveyard and awaken to your new abilities? Or did you cultivate them in the temple or thieves guild dedicated to the deity of death? Yeah. The yeah. deity of death thing is kind of cool. It yeah. is cool. 
I mean, you could you could be a as it suggests you could be like a necromancer, like a necromantic wizard's like right hand. Like they hired they they keep use as an assassin for them. Or you can um, essentially I could see them almost as a slave to a temple, exactly a deity, a deity, a death deity temple, and just you know used and abused like that. Just you know kill their enemies and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I love the art that they they put in this book, this tiefling phantom rogue. Yeah, um, because she's you know drawing a bow. She's got this uh, this uh, skull mask painted onto her. And the spirits like seem like they're whispering to her uh, and helping guide her her arrow. Um, I I like that. It just seems. I think that you could have a little bit of role play. You know, if if your DM or story weaver is okay with it, while you have these trinkets, why not be able to talk to the spirits? Like maybe they don't answer questions, but they might talk to you. Uh, I can see them belittling you. Yeah. Like the whole time. Yeah. It could be fun. Yeah. yeah, they're like, they're like, you killed me, and so I'm just gonna mess with you this whole time. Yeah, you go to aim and you're like, don't miss. <laughs> Is he just like a really snarky dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thorne, take it away with Ghost Walk. Okay, Ghost Walk is kind of a cool thing. Um it's not my favorite. Uh you can phase partially into the realm of the dead, becoming like a ghost. As a, as a bonus action, you assume a spectral form. While in this form, you have a flying speed of 10. You can hover and attack, and you can hover and attack rolls have disadvantage against you. You can also move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. But you have to take, but you take 1d10 force damage if you end your turn inside a creature or an object. You stay in this form for 10 minutes or until you take up end it as a bonus action. You use this feature. To use this feature again, you must finish a long rest or destroy one of your soul trinkets as part of a bonus action you use to activate Ghost Walk. Okay, so out of game, as a DM, I think that I would absolutely allow somebody to have the killing blow if they use Ghost Walk. Take the 1d10 force damage themselves, Oh yeah. but if they end it in a creature, that creature obviously has to take the, 10, the 1d10 force damage also. I agree. I'm I, the same. How that would just because it reminds me of of Bone Daddy's entrance uh, with his uh, his spirit demon whatever uh, through the neck <laughs> through the neck and just explodes the dude's head. <laughs> I think that that's that's a very similar thing. Just like yeah, just I'm, I'm, don't don't mind me and just <laughs> yeah. Um, if, you, if you if I feel like if you rematerialize inside a creature, yeah, that creature's not going to be okay. Like, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, at all. Um, and so it it kind of reminds me of the whole um, like Justice League, like mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter, how he phases in and out of pe- in and out of people. Yes, harm people that way. Yeah, it's like it reminds me of that. And honestly, my biggest thing with it is the the speed. Yes. Yeah, that works great. And it's a balancing thing. I understand that, but only ten feet. Well, and I was also going to say about the, the the force damage as well. Like, it seems kind of low. Like, hey, I'm ending my turn inside of a person. I don't think 1d10 force damage is... Well, you're still an apparition, though. That's true. You don't come back in a full phase. You're still an apparition. You just stop moving. So it's like, I can run across really hot coals, but if I stop, it's going to fucking hurt. Yeah, that's true. Because I was thinking, like, you know, they they come back into form, 
No, it says they stay in that. You you stay in this form for 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That's a long time. That is a long time. I wonder if there would be some kind of mechanic. I know it would, uh, we're kind of changing the thing, but Hey, homebrew uh, opportunity. If you ended the 10 minutes, because you can end it as a bonus action. If you end it inside the person, yes, you're taking the one D 10 every round that you do this, but if you use a bonus action, you're going to still take the same amount of damage as the creature but if you rematerialize inside the person i would i Oof. would first pers- i would personally come up with like a i don't know like a 4d 10 force damage or something and you're maybe both- more like if it's a solid object it's you're dead yeah but i wonder <laughs> i wonder if uh if there's a way to do it to where like yeah you're taking a risk of dying because it could kill you outright but also it's going to kill the bbeg you could be the edgelord uh, sacrifice. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Moving on to death's friend at 17th level. Your association with death has become so close that you've gained the following benefits. When you use your whales uh, from the grave, you can deal the necrotic damage to both the first and the second creature. Uh, and at the end of a long rest, a soul trinket appears in your hand if you don't uh, already have uh, a soul trinket, uh, as the spirits of the dead are drawn to you. So, hey, if you just happen to not kill something recently, just wait. It'll come to you. <laughs> not bad, but not super great. No, it, it's the very, like, it, I mean, it has to be a niche thing, right? Like, they, we, I don't know if Watsi would ever put a bomb ultimates for their 17th and 20th level features for every class um especially something like this it, it has to it has to play to the to the feature or to the to archetype i guess not only that is you come to a point where you don't want to op mm-hmm. just completely destroy everybody with the the brand of the character and there has to be some balance somewhere yeah it would have been cool if you could summon like an army of ghosts like see be- but there's already like a necromancer thing that can do that so yeah, you need to stay away from the magic, Robbie. There's a little bit of magic here for you, just not much. Yeah. Oh my god! I, you, you're in a, we're in a magical world. Like I, just, I understand that. Give me, give me a. But what if we're not, Robbie? What if somebody doesn't like high fantasy, and we're playing a Middle Earth campaign where there's just a little bit of magic, but not a lot. Like with the elves and the what was it six wizards? And then we then we kill we kill one of the angels. I mean wizards. And- oh, well, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm so gonna do. I'm gonna run, my next campaign that I run in D and D is gonna limit magic. I am going to find one of those wizard angel things from <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I'm taking their crystals. <laughs> like, I will do it. I, I give me my magic temple. <laughs> okay, uh, Soul Knife's next. Yes. Bone soul Dead, Knife. Do you want to take it? Yeah, let Bone Daddy take it. He's playing a Soul Knife, and it's actually one of my favorites, too. So, yeah. Um, so, Soul Knives are pretty cool because, um, as most assassins that you play as, usually strike with physical weapons, uh, soul knives have the unique ability to infiltrate the mind and cut down the psyche. Um, so the rogues that use the, the soul knife abilities use psionic powers and channel it into their roguish abilities. Um, they are typically found in the Thieves Guild and they are mistrusted by most, most rogues because of their strange mind abilities and their telepathic abilities. But most governments will employ soul knife as spies. Um, amid the trees of ancient forests on the material plane in the Feywild, 
Some wood elves walked the path of Soul Knife, serving as silent lethal guardians of the woods. In the endless war among the Gith, the Gisari, am I saying that right correctly? It's the Gisari, correct? Gitsari, there we go, is encouraged to become Soul Knife when self required against the Gith Yankee foe. For, forgive me, Gith Yankee is, is so much easier to say than the other one, <laughs> but yeah. I, that's just me. Um, and as a soul knife, your psionic abilities might have haunted you since you were a child, um, only revealing their full potential after you experience stress and of an adventure, such as like being tormented by a um, being tormented by a Jabberwocky in the Feywild. <laughs> years. And um, I want to say this: I, I like DMs, story weavers. If you make your characters come up with like childhood stories about like their subclasses how they're going to choose on their subclasses when they get there man do it because it makes for some interesting rp well and i mean that that's a that's a good point because like we're not we're not level one adventurers until we become level one adventurers right because there's there's always like the ability to play a 40 year old human or an 80 year old human that you know it, it if you start out at level one like how do you explain why they're just starting out as an adventurer well maybe you know a bartender's wife died and he went into a a rage and he became a a path of you know vengeance uh barbarian or something um or even a paladin you know if you if you get your your players to come up with some story of like hey where did your level one power exist like are you just a, a a you know, child prodigy, and that's why you're a youngster wizard, and you can read every scroll in the in the plane. Or is it, you know, the the older guy that's just starting out as an adventurer and getting your power? I want to see a 50 year old level one paladin who is a retired bartender. See, <laughs> 50 year old level one paladin. Or yes. Year old, a 50 year old druid. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like what happens, nope. you know, there's a there's a guy on YouTube that uh, he spent 28 years uh, turning a desert uh, area in Arizona, I think, into this fucking like food forest paradise. You know, so, hey, he took 28 years, but then he fucking unlocked druidity like <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, so we're, we're digressing, but um Never. So so soul knife. Uh <laughs> wait, wait, before we move on, I have to read Tasha's little quip because it's Oh, hilarious. do it, yes. Um it's uh <laughs> I have the ability to manifest my thoughts in ways that cut people. I call this power words. Yes. <laughs> I love Tasha's we should, I, I, I can wish do we that. could make that a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a way. We have there's to do a way. It. Yeah, we'll have to do it. We can't use Tasha. No. But but we could change the words just enough to where we're not, not getting copyrighted but like you know use sarcasm well, the or words something. aren't trademark trademarked so right. we could probably actually use the the thing but just quote somebody else quote um tobin mm. <laughs> yes because that would actually work yeah actually tobias <laughs> um so yeah we hey look for a new shirt um but uh, at, at third level, we get uh, one, two, we get two features again. So we get psionic power and we get psychic blades. 
Um, psionic power is actually a lengthy one. So bear with me. You harbor a wellspring of psionic energy within yourself. This energy is represented by your psionic energy dice, which are each a D6. You have a number of these dice equal to twice your proficiency bonus, and they fuel various psionic powers you have, which are detailed below. Uh, some of your powers expend the psionic energy die they use as specified in the powers description, and you can't use a power if it requires you to use a die when your dice are all expended. You regain all expended dice when you finish a long rest. In addition, as a bonus action, you can regain one die, uh, but you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. When you reach certain levels uh, in this class, the size of your dice increase. Uh, i.e. at 5th level it's a d8, 11th d10, 17th d12. The powers of your uh, psionic energy dice are as follows. You can use a psi bolstered knack. Uh, when you, your non-psionic training fails you, your psionic power can help. If you fail an ability check using a skill or tool which with you have proficiency, you can roll one psionic energy die and add the number rolled to the check, potentially turning failure into a success. You expend the die only if the roll succeeds. Oh, that's uh, cool. That is really cool. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a lucky feat, essentially. Kind I say of. That, I more say like a bardic cool. inspiration. I say that's cool playing this class, having this ability. And not I, ever using it. Not ever using it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the other one is Psychic Whispers, which this one you do use quite often. <laughs> uh, you can establish a telepathic communication between yourself and others, perfect for quiet uh, infiltration. As an action, choose one or more creatures you can see, up to a number of creatures equal to your proficiency bonus, and then roll one Psychic Energy die. Uh, for a number of hours equal to the number rolled, the chosen creatures can speak telepathically with you, and you can speak telepathically with them. To send or receive a message, no action required, you and the other creature must be within one mile of each other. A creature can't use this telepathy if, you, if it can't speak any languages, and a creature can end the telepathic connection at any time. Uh, you and the creature uh, don't need to speak a common language to understand each other, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. And the first time you use this power after each long rest, you don't expend the die. All other times you use the power, you expend the die. Oof. Lots of words for you make a telepathic connection with somebody within a mile for a number of hours rolled on your psychic die. So there you go. Uh, but this is great for role play purposes. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're skeeving a plan uh, in front of somebody, you can uh, have a mental link. And what's great about that is that, you know, our thoughts come by a lot faster than the words coming out of our mouth. So you could very easily have a very quick, lengthy conversation uh, in game where it's, you know, mind to mind, uh, sharing pictures and ideas and concepts, and then just barely waiting two seconds to answer an NPC's question, you know? Um, so it, it could definitely be a way to give advantage on the deception check even. Um, and then, of course, like it says, quiet infiltration. You can at least communicate with your team uh, quietly as you stealth through uh, a mansion that you're trying to save a, a fey lynx from being eaten. Um, I'm doing no such thing. <laughs> Robbie, do you want to take psychic blades? I do. Uh, I love using psychic blades. 
Um, you manifest your psionic powers as shimmering blades of psychic energy. Um, you can like, when you think about it, you can think of Psylocke from the X-Men, a psychic blades of energy. Um, whenever you take the attack action, you can manifest a, a psychic blade from your free hand and make the attack with the blade. The magic blade is a simple melee weapon with finesse and thrown properties, has a normal range of 60 feet and no long range. And on a hit, it deals psychic damage equal to 1d6, plus the ability modifier used for the attack roll. The blade vanishes immediately after it hits or misses its target, and it leaves no marks on its target if it deals damage. After you attack with the blade, you can make a melee or ranged weapon attack with a second psychic blade as a bonus action on the same turn, provided your other hand is free to create it. The damage die of this bonus attack is 1d4 instead of 1d6. If you were to multiclass in Assassin and have Assassinate with a blade that leaves no marks... <laughs> oh, that would be great. It would be amazing. You can't multi-class into Assassin because you're already a rogue. That's true. That's true. I guess it'd be up to the story weaver. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just subclasses. I mean, it's not terrible. You do but you would have to have you would have to have like a separate three levels into additional rogue. Yeah. Like that's how you would have to balance it out. You wouldn't be able to just be like, I'm a level nine uh, soul blade rogue, but I'm a level one assassin with these features. Now you'd have to like actually level up each subclass individually. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's 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 a that's a big discussion. Yeah, that's a whole episode. another episode. Yeah. Another episode. That's interesting. I've never thought about doing that. That is that could be really really bad. It could be. <laughs> And that, but it does offer some really cool role playing. Um, it does because you could do a murder mystery game where um, <laughs> you're trying to discover doing your murder mysteries, Robbie. <laughs> well, how they were killed because you could have a soul knife rogue killing people. It doesn't leave any marks. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you have people looking at the body and they're just like, "Well, how'd they die?" You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, so, the assassin soul knife is just like. Huh. <laughs> he like, just dropped dead in front of me i guess i don't know <laughs> the lights went out and he was dead um so soul blades uh which you get at ninth level so you had psychic blades at third level now you have soul blades at ninth level your psychic blades are now an expression of your psi suffused soul giving you these powers that you use your psionic energy dice uh homing strike uh, if you make an attack roll with your psychic blades and miss the target, you could roll one die and add the number rolled uh, to the attack roll. If this causes the attack to hit, you expend the die. Um, so again, another uh, almost bardic inspiration. A little well, bit it's bigger. psionic energy. So yeah, it's like you get psionic energy points, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, you can just like roll the die, you know. And again, at ninth level, this is a d8. So you're rolling your D8, adding that to the attack, you know, unless you're, you know, attacking a dragon and you know you rolled super low, even a one might help you get past that that AC or at least match it. Um, so that's a bonus. And then on top of that, if you have a bard in your party that gives you bardic inspiration, that's another, you know, D4, 6, 8, or 10. Yeah. Um, like that's redonkulous. And then if you have a, a cleric that gives you a guiding bolt or whatever, uh this is more <laughs> you're never missing your attack ever you're never missing your attack ever uh, you roll really badly or a nat one womp womp uh 
<laughs> uh, and then the other ability is psychic teleportation, which is the one I like. As a bonus action, you manifest one of your psychic blades, expend your die, and roll it, and throw the blade at an unoccupied space you can see up to a number of feet away, equal to 10 times the number rolled. So again, at this level, at, at ninth, it would be up to 80 feet that you can teleport to that space, and the blade vanishes. So like, hey... I need to uh, I, I need to get up there, and it's roughly you know fifty feet. I can just roll my die, throw my psychic blade up there, and bam, boom, I'm teleported. Like this is that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that that is very handy. I could think of many uses to use that with assassinate. Oh and yeah, I, I'm just stuck on this. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I done fucked you up. <laughs> You did. That, I'm thinking of a character right now. <laughs> at, thir- at 13th level, the soul knife gets the psychic veil. You can weave a veil of psychic static to mask yourself. As an action, you can magically become invisible along with anything you were wearing or carrying for one hour or until you dismiss this effect. No action required. The invisibility ends you're early immediately after you deal damage to a creature or you force a creature to make a saving throw. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest unless you expend a psionic energy die to use this feature again. I love this. <laughs> I love oh, this. It's so exciting. I can't wait to turn a giant elephant invisible. <laughs> as as a giant story elephant invisible. Cries. Just cries. Yeah, deep <laughs> in his soul. Because, yeah, you know, when you said Luxodon Rogue, I was like, oh, hilarity will ensue. Oh, he got a 21 for stealth? Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm so picturing this, like Fantasia. The, exactly. The ballerinas, like this like fucking elephant just like hid behind a tree. How did it work? Fucking Looney Tunes. I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> I imagine since, since, um, my locks on rogue has been touched by like the Faye well, but I just have an innate ability to shrink. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Take the oh last my one. God. Robbie. <laughs> All right. And now we have Ren's mind. The 17th level slow knife feature. You can sweep your psychic blades directly through a creature's mind. Hey, this is what I was trying to do last time. Yep. I'm not that level. <laughs> At all. <laughs> Nowhere near. <laughs> When you use your psychic blade to deal sneak attack damage to a creature, you can force that target to make a wisdom saving throw. If the if the save fails, the target is stunned for one minute. The stunned target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, unless you expand three psionic energy dice to use it again, which is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a big deal. You're going to have tons of it anyway. Um, this is very much, again, I keep referencing Psylocke because I feel like this is, this is Psylocke's ability. Like mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is what she can do. She can create psionic blades. Um, but this is also one of her abilities in the comics. Like she can slash through people's heads and they don't die, but they're like mine, like warps. And so I'm just like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's definitely a cool feature. I, I definitely like it better than the than the Phantom. Yeah. Um, cuz people a lot of people don't realize stunning your enemies is so helpful. Yeah. 
especially if you can do it at a lower level and yeah. it's like you just form a gang around the thing and just keep picking the crap out of it till it dies <laughs> because it can't get back up i mean or if you have it, you know two players uh that can stun at the same time and just like yes you know oh he got out of his stun no he didn't okay well that that comes in very <laughs> handy too because we were fighting like a demigod yeah well you know well yeah yeah you know <laughs> it would have been nice to at least have him do one cool attack i'm just saying <laughs> no it wouldn't because i'm usually on the butt end of that attack that's not cool at all i don't know what you mean <laughs> sounds all so right. believable all right so we've we've reached 30 minutes ish on just Tasha's alone and again that's because we like rogues uh and you know suck it Robbie for uh, magic but what yes <laughs> no, no, so no, no, cool. no 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 we're no. dealing with rogues we're dealing with I, rogues. excuse me sir well, and magic's cool that's why the rogues have them borderline like a magic user and the other one <laughs> the souls of the dead I don't <laughs> play with it well I, I want to talk to the souls of the dead but I don't play the magic one yeah I did it's whatever but okay so closing thoughts <laughs> On Phantom and Soul Knife, Thorn. Phantom and Soul Knife. I, I really enjoy what Tasha does with the classes. Um, what she has done in with the Soul Knife, which is personally one of my favorites, and I am going to make a Soul Knife. I have a whole thing <laughs> thought up for it. Um, and now I'm. I never really paid much attention to the Phantom, but I'm going to make one of those too mainly because I just enjoy playing rogues. Yeah. Uh, but the, the abilities that these, these two classes have there, these subclasses have, I mean, it just sounds like a blast to play. And there's so much you can do in the story to just make it better. Yeah. And if it is the biggest thing is if you enjoy playing a class, don't be afraid to play it. If you want to challenge yourself, I know I can understand going outside of the, your comfort zone and playing a different class. I'm playing a warlock right now. That's outside my comfort zone because I don't do magic. It's a pain in the butt. But <laughs> the, the just he the, doesn't do, like spell slots. I don't. It's not even that. It's just like there's just so much crap to choose from. <laughs> Man, and you never know what you know. You'll pick a spell and you won't use it for ever, like ever. Yeah. And it sounds like the coolest spell in the world when you're picking it, but no, it, it's not. It sucks. <laughs> so it's just it's so much and wizard turns take forever my turns true. take less than a minute that's true i mean come on i mean technically so, your turn takes six seconds but exact well that's like in game i'm talking <laughs> out of game like it takes me like no time at all to roll some dice to just to attack so yeah or assassinate or do any of those fun things you can do i'm sorry how many how many arrows did you have to shoot when you were playing <laughs> hey that was late level and i still got by quicker than any of the magic users yeah, because it was I, I fire I fire five arrows. Okay, roll damage for all of them because we know you're gonna hit. So <laughs> that's the way it works. But yeah, no, I mean just have fun with them. They're yeah. great subclasses. Um, definitely don't leave them out. Yeah. Bone Daddy, final thoughts. Um, so these two subclasses are so close to magic users that I really enjoy playing them. Um Especially the, the Phantom was one that I had to Hold your tongue, mister. Okay, first of all, the Phantom is just a necromancer with extra steps. Literally, the souls of the dead. <laughs> but they don't rise. You don't see armies of undead that each have a separate attack. 
<laughs> that takes 35 minutes to get through one attack. I mean, I just brought friends. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, and then... Then you got shot in the, air with, in the head with an arrow. I did. I really did. Um, but the, the Soul Knife is actually becoming one of my favorite um, classes to play, considering I'm playing it right now. And it just plays really smoothly. So I'm, I'm torn. Um, I really enjoy playing magic users, but so far playing these, this rogue has really shined a new light on rogues. I still do not like standard rogues, but magical rogues are cool. So. Standard rogues. Standard rogues. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, it's just, I just can't get behind standard rogues. It's like life imitating art, imitating life, imitating <laughs> art. <laughs> <laughs> And this is definitely imitating art. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, my final thought is uh, Soul Knife for the win. Uh, I don't, uh, I like the concept of Phantom. I don't like how it plays. Um, reading the features over again, um, I could probably make it better. Sorry, Watsy. Um, but it is a nice niche, you know, archetype. Uh, it, I guess it's, it, it could be fun for if you're in the right setting in the right campaign. Um, cause if you're in our current campaign, you will literally do nothing. Like there's true. I just, there's nothing that your, your phantom, like you're, uh, we're RPing so much that I'll, I'll, I'll one up it. You almost have to be in the right state of mind to play a phantom that too. Um, for phantom though, uh, if you're looking to play something, like in from like shaman king um mm-hmm. you could use the phantom essentially to to do that which yeah. is really cool if it was called like the shaman because yes. abilities lend very well to it and especially thinking about shaman king the the anime shaman king um the ability to create trinkets with the yeah. souls that you capture essentially is i love that yeah and um, you know what now that you said that uh curse of strahd that's where Phantom would shine. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> Phantom, Phantom would be funny. Like, Phantom would be a cool role-playing aspect in, in any game if you, like, already had a soul that you didn't want to get rid of. Like, it was just one Ooh, that was, like, your, like good point. Oh, yeah. One that was, like, consistently following you around. It was like, no, you need to do this. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, it'd be really cool if, like, and then you <laughs> have that trinket for it, but the trinket was, like, super precious and, like, you never you don't want to break it. it. Yeah, it's a family heirloom. That yeah. you, the, that was the voice in your head. That's the one that you you found out that you were a phantom rogue. Like yeah. you you were like, oh, my powers like converged, and I turned oh, this trinket into make it your little brother from an accidental death. Oh, you just full metal alchemy us. <laughs> yes, I did. And it'd be like mic really drop. Cool. I'm done. <laughs> And it'd be really cool because that trinket, um, you can without without consuming that trinket, you can still pull power from it to do like um, the one where you add extra damage. And so, like when you're when you're attacking with extra damage, that soul, like the like your little like say we're using your little brother, like mm-hmm. content of your little brother can imbue into your like weapons. So yeah. like they turn into like toys, and like the toys add the extra damage. You know? Like, okay, you, can, you sold me. There's there's times where it could be cool. But yeah, still, Soul Knife for the win. I oh yeah, I, I really like Soul Knife, uh, especially now that Thorn and I are absolutely going to work on a Soul Knife Assassins Guild, because 
I don't know. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially, you know, considering the Assassin's Guild that we were talking about in the last episode. And now we have the Soul Knife Assassin. Oof. This yeah. is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the, that was a dual DM. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah. No, that's that, fun. We definitely have to do that. There's too many of us to not, not do that. Yeah. And that's an um, episode in itself. So, exactly. Um, so we're going to end it here. Um, if we missed anything for these two archetypes, Phantom and Soul Knife, uh, let us know in an email at this dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com or in the comment section below. Uh, we'd love to hear your stories of how you used a Phantom uh, or Soul Knife rogue uh, and cool stories to shoot us an email. And we will read those emails on the podcast. Uh, and if it's a cool enough story and long enough, we will have you on uh, to talk about it and to help us uh, maybe do an NPC or something. That'd be really fun. Uh, and uh, with that, check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, And if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, Also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.